Amen and amen. Good morning, everyone. I invite you to open your Bibles up to Ephesians chapter 6. That's where we're going to be again. And just to add on to what Pastor Rick said, many of you in this room who have been with us for a long time, you know Pastor Nick Smith. He was our youth pastor for a couple of years and then went to Kentucky and planted a church. Nick and I are in pretty much constant communication still after all of these years. And a week ago Saturday, he and 17 people, including his oldest daughter, left for Israel. Uh, I talked to Nick yesterday. They were at Masada when all this broke out, uh, stuck down by the Dead Sea without troop support and all that kind of thing. Overnight last night, they made their way to Jerusalem, and they are at a hotel now in Jerusalem awaiting flights home on Tuesday if that all goes according to schedule. So I just invite you, you know, just to bring that very close to home with folks from here to be praying for Nick and Kate and uh, I know Lisa back home is worried sick, and just keep them in your prayers if you would. But you know what's going on in Israel? We're going to talk about spiritual warfare again today. That's a physical manifestation of the spiritual warfare that's going on throughout the history of God's people, amen? I mean, we're, we're looking and seeing, and we will continue until the day God comes and collects us all. Uh, this fight that goes on between the people who are of God and the people who would deny God, and that's just the fact of life. This morning, it just when we pick up this Bible and we begin to break this word open today, this is why this is so important. We need to understand and we need to know what God is calling us to and who God is calling us to be as we begin living our life every day in Him. This morning we're going back to Ephesians chapter 6 and we're going to continue to look at this uh, warfare that we talked about last week in our, <clears throat> in our introduction, which has been, we talked about in Revelation, uh, that the scripture tells us that there was war in heaven and that Michael and the archangels cast down Lucifer and a third of the angels. And in the last of that verse it says, Woe be unto you the earth because he, is, he has come down and he is full of fury and he is, this is his playground. And, I, and last week, I know for some people, once you start talking about spiritual warfare, uh, we all kind of get the heebie-jeebies a little bit, and we decide we don't know if we're going to believe in that or not, but the Bible clearly says, and I believe every word, every dot, and every tittle is, is for our benefit, and God clearly speaks about the war that is going on around us all of the time. And so do not be fooled by uh, the cartoon caricature of an enemy who is very real and wants to bring us down. Everything, though, that we will talk about over the next six weeks now about our spiritual armor hinges on what we talk about today. Every piece of armor that we're going to talk about is attached to the belt of truth that we're going to talk about today. Psalms 119, beginning in verse 89 through verse 96, tells you this. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth, and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. 
It is the Word of God that sustains us. It is the Word of God that drives our thoughts, our minds, and our attitudes of everything that we do if we are living in Him. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I said last week that this may be, last Sunday I said this may be the most important message that you ever hear. I'll say it again this Sunday. This may be the most important message that you ever hear that God has for you. So I pray this morning that you have availed yourself of God's promises, that you've gone before Him, you've confessed your sin, you've allowed Him to purify you of all unrighteousness, that you might have the receiving of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, that God would rightly divide this word of truth for you today. Because never is it going to be more important. Every single day when we rise up, this could be the day. This could be the day that the trumpet call of God sounds. Are you ready for that? I hope so excitedly. Yes, are we ready for that? Yes, that the trumpet call of God would sound and all of this world would come to an end and we would be with our Lord and our Savior. If you're not and you don't know all about that, man, we want to love to talk to you right after service up here at the front today. In John 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and God was the Word. He was with God in the beginning. This is, this is so important. I mean, I'm going to stress it over and over again. The key to learning is repetition, right? That's what the teachers will tell us. So everything hinges on this word. And remember last week when we talked about this letter, this, Paul, this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, this famous church where mother, Mary, the mother of Jesus, went, and John, the, the grand apostle, that's where he went and finished out as the bishop over all the churches there. This wonderful church, he wrote, and he said all of this instruction he gave through those first many chapters about great doctrinal teachings about election and predestination and preordination. If you don't hear anything else that I tell you, this is what's going to be most important. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Nowhere else do we draw strength from other than the Lord. If we try and do it on our own, we're doomed to failure. But if we rely upon our God and we are in Him then we avail ourselves of the same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead. He says, then put on the full armor of God that you can take your stand against the enemy's schemes. Put on the full armor so you'll be able to take your stand. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it by yourself. You can't do it in your own ways. Most of us, listen, I told my girls, I grew up, when I grew up, when they grew up, I always told them, I said, look, I got a baseball bat right here by the bed. So number one, when you come in late at night, you might want to make a noise. You might want to tell your dear old dad that you're in the house. And there was one or two circumstances that I shall not go into this morning where one of them almost lost her brains because she didn't say nothing. And she come down that hallway, and I was ready. Today, the world is even crazier than that was, and I keep something much more potent beside my bed. I'm ready for physical battle. I think many of us are more prepared for physical battle in this world, for good versus evil in the way of the physical things we see, than we are for the spiritual warfare where the enemy comes to attack the mind to destroy it, rob you of your faith, rob you of your, of your peace, rob you of your joy, rob you of your hope, rob you of all the thoughts about your salvation. This is where he comes. Remember, the battle that we're fighting is in the mind. I... Uh, I remember when I was growing up, little kid, my mother taught me how to dress. She says, you know, put on your shirt and button it down and pull your prints up and put your socks and shoes on and put your belt on and hitch it up. You know, I'm <clears throat> advanced in age now, and I would, I would be remiss, but if I called my dear old mother, who's 90 years old, and, and asked her to come help me dress today, uh, I can tell you that what she would say to me would be pure Texan. 
and she would tell me exactly how the cow ate the cabbage and that would be that and and I wouldn't do that but you know what many of us in this room are just like that we come in here on Sunday morning and want the preacher to dress us up a little bit we come in on Sunday morning and want to receive that little nugget of truth and we're happy with that we're satisfied with that and yet Jesus himself said that man does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God he said do not in Joshua he said do not depart from this this word of truth this book of the law meditate on it day and night meditate on it day and night but most of us it's a Sunday to Sunday experience and that's not going to help us in the moment that we come into our enemy and he's ready to come after us remember 1 Peter 5 8 says that he we're to stand firm because our enemy the devil identified over and over and over again our enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour and who does he devour watch all those you know when i was growing up we had wild kingdom that was on tv that's a long time ago black and white for most of us but back then you know they would show they would show those 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 predators out there and they would show the herd and then they would show that one that's drifted away that one was a little weaker that one was a little older that one that wasn't prepared and that's the one that the enemy would go after so if you are not living your life within the body of Christ, if you are not experiencing all of the fellowship and the community that comes with that, if you're not studying God's word, you are the vulnerable. You are that lamb that the wolf is going to come after because you're unprotected. This is, this is critical stuff for us. And picking up in verse 12 now, all right? We're going to pick up our storyline in verse 12. Well, I'll read the verse 10 and 11. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then he says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our battle is not against the things that we can see paul wrote all of this and gave us all this armor to look at which we're going to talk about but in verse 12 pastor rick renner who wrote a, the book that we originally 12 years ago kind of looked at and read called dress to kill and that's what kind of led to this sermon series 12 years ago um, but after that he wrote a book called sparkling gems from the greek he says it's simply a fact that if we deliberately or by negligence allow sinful strongholds to secretly remain in our lives then we have left gaping holes through which satan may continue to insert his schemes into our lives negligence in dealing with these secret places may give satan the very loopholes he needs to orchestrate our defeat and how did he do that this verse talks about principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness principalities in the in the greek is a word that says individuals who hold the highest and loftiest positions of rank and file and authority so this is the this is the this is our enemy's big dog angels that work with him powers powers are this second group of evil beings that delegated to carry out all manner of evil and the rulers of the darkness of this world that denotes a a, a trained army of equipped troops so while we're sitting here uh, all coming together enjoying our fellowship our enemy is, is is trained up practiced up commanded and ready to come at us all and for anybody sitting in the room if you think that i'm just full of it this morning just think about the mental and emotional journey that you have been on in your life 
Think about those times when you have been weak and you have felt the oppression of Satan himself with the doubts, with the fears, with the depression, with the anger, with the addiction, with the hopelessness, with the fractured family, with the broken children. That is when you know that this enemy has come after you and he's coming a hard way, but most of the time we don't even think about that. And yet the Bible clearly says this trained army is coming after us, sent to the battlefield to wage war. Now, again, Scripture tells us in John 1, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, he says, You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen? The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So by God's design, we are to have more power and more authority than this enemy that comes after us. But what we're missing sometimes is the order and the discipline in which we do battle. We don't train in the church very much. Because it's, you know, people get a little goosey about all of it. But Paul's saying to us to get ready to be, to be doing battle, to engage this spiritual enemy, not of flesh and blood, but of principalities and powers and rulers of this dark world. If we're not prepared, if we're not ready, Hosea wrote, he said, my people perish for a lack of vision, a lack of knowledge and understanding of all the promises that I've given to them. So let's talk about this full armor for a few moments. What is it that Paul is talking about? You know, we, we're we're in, the, in the pieces that we're going to look at, we're talking about <clears throat> the belt of truth today. We're talking about a breastplate called the breastplate of righteousness that the Roman soldiers wore, shoes of peace, a shield of faith, a helmet of salvation, sword of the Spirit, and the lance of prayer and supplication. I will let you know that we'll talk about all those pieces, especially in the weeks that come. <clears throat> and the Roman soldier looked fabulous, darling. When he, when he walked out on the battlefield, or he's in a parade form, especially when they were in parade uniforms, I mean, they would have that helmet on, and they, a lot of times they would have a big old plume of feathers coming out and, and down the back. Their armor would be shining brightly in the sunlight. They looked tough. They looked mean. They looked good when they walked down the street in that parade formation, right? And this is the soldiers that Paul looks at all of his life but i want you to know nothing that that soldier had on was more important than his belt nothing that he wore was more important than his belt and that loin belt as it is called was the most plain and unassuming of the soldier's garment and battle gear and that's still true for the most how many of you walked in this morning I and mean, you might have looked around and seen some of these handsome men women walking around and thought oh that's a that's a beautiful blouse that's a, that's a beautiful shirt those are lovely shoes how many of you looked at somebody this morning and said, ooh, that is a striking belt? Anybody? And yet, I promise you, if I was to take this belt off, things would not go well. Think about it. The belt holds everything together in our arsenal today, and it held everything together in the armor of God. The belt is the only visible piece of armor. 
Think about everything else we're going to talk about. This today, this belt of truth I can hold in my hand. This belt of truth I can see. I can physically touch. The loin belt held the breastplate in place. It came down. It was two pieces on the front, two pieces on the back. came down, and on the front it clipped onto the side of that belt, and the back it clipped on the side of that belt, and it protected the soldier's main body. The shield of faith rested on a clip on the side of the belt. On one side, he had a, a clip for his larger sword, and then he had a scabbard on that for his sword of the spirit, his short sword, his killing instrument, which we will talk about. There was a resting place for the helmet and even for the sandals when he was walking around the camp and didn't want to wear those battle weapons, which Pastor Lyle is going to teach you all about in just another week or so yet the the belt wasn't the piece that he would brag about you know it was all that other armor that looked sharp and was highly polished and would look so good but again without the belt we're lost it says here stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist to put on christ is to put on truth and to put on truth is to put on the belt John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and what? The truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you drop, if you don't have on the belt of truth, and by that what I mean is literally, let's break this down easily. If you're not spending time in God's word all the time, if this is laying on your coffee table Sunday to Sunday or in your car waiting for you to grab it and bring it in the next week, if you're not spending time with this, you have no belt. And you have nothing to anchor the rest of this equipment. If you're not, this is the logos, this is the mind of Christ. This is everything that can be known and will be known about Almighty God. And if you're not spending some time in this a little bit every day so that you are staying close to the Lord, you're going to be find it very, very difficult when you run into a crisis situation and you have not been spending that time there, you've not been walking with the Lord, and suddenly you're desperately reaching out and wanting a, wanting a, a favor, as it were, wanting a life preserver, wanting a lifesaver from the Lord, and you, think, and you find that he's, he's just not there loin belt again you might think well golly and this is what we do right well i've read my bible i don't, don't want to i've memorized scripture since i was a kid I, you know doggone it I, I got other things to do the chiefs are playing come on man and yet if we do not put on our belt we are vulnerable to anything and everything that the enemy would throw at us again that helmet of salvation it was a beautiful big you've seen the pictures weighed about 15 pounds uh, but it protected the head of that soldier for us when we say that the battlefield is in the mind that helmet of salvation knowing that we are saved helps us and paul talks about this it's a beautiful ornate decorative elaborate thing our salvation isn't it I mean, it's a glorious thing. And we, we, matter of fact, when you're a preacher, you like most of all to talk about salvation. You like most of all to have people, man, when somebody comes forward and gives their life to Christ, well, what the Bible tells us, that's the only time that the angels ever really celebrate is when one lost soul comes to know the Lord. So we love our salvation and we love that. But you know what? If I don't understand where that comes from, 
I'm going to be lost. Scripture says and tells us in 1 John, this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And it's in His Son, black and white. He who has the Son has life. He who does not, does not have life. My faith, my hope, my joy, and my salvation rest on the fact that the day that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, He said, you are mine. And that enemy might come at you, but he will never own you. He might attack you, but you are mine. And you will be with me. That breastplate, visible, shiny, and all that. But if you don't put on the belt, everything else begins to crumble. The breastplate of righteousness, you know, you have to understand God's righteousness. Yours is as filthy rags, the Bible says. In Hebrews 5, 11 through 14, it says, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you are slow to learn. Now, I know he's talking to me and not y'all, right? I'm a remedial learner. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Now, this is, a, this is actually a castigation by the apostle. He's upset, and he's talking to the church. He's saying, you guys are not learning. You're not doing what you should be. You're still living on milk. And if anyone lives, who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. That's how we know what's right and wrong. It, my mama told me what's right and wrong, but God told me what's right and wrong. Amen? Mama, believe it or not, I know she's watching, may not always be right. It's, it's rare, I'm sure. I love you, Mom. But the Word of God will never fail, amen? The Word of God will always speak the truth. Second Timothy, as for you, continue in what you have learned. This is Paul writing to that young, that young teacher. And become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. We should be teaching our kids all the time. They're learning back here. Are you parents reinforcing to your children when they get home and they come home with those little pieces of paper and they've colored all those things and they got a verse written on the back? Are you spending the time with them today that's going to build into their future so that they understand the importance of taking in the Word of God? Or are you just coming home and letting them, you know, putting up their thing on the refrigerator? Oh, little Johnny drew a piece of coloring right here. I'm going to put it up there. No. We're teaching them from the get-go. Audrey and her team are back there teaching them. Lyle on Wednesday nights with these youth, they're teaching them, teaching them, teaching them so that when they get out here into this world where the devil is going to come after them, that they have a belt on, that they're secure in who they are and in what they're doing. He says, And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And again, famously, verse 16, which I so much love that you know all Scripture, all Scripture, everything in here is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in what? In righteousness, so that the man and woman of God is fully equipped. That means they got all the armor on. Fully equipped for every good work. Without the belt of truth, you can call into question your salvation. You begin to doubt if you don't understand that God says you are sealed by his spirit on that day, you can question, which you never should. Without the belt of truth, you may not enjoy the peace of God. Colossians 3, 15 and 16 tells us, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. 
and, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Let the word of God rule in your heart since you've been called to peace. You know that word rule is interesting in the Greek. It doesn't mean command. It, it's the, word, the same word that we use for umpire. It's let the word of God judge for you what is right and what is wrong. The word of God, not you, not me. I'll guarantee you, if it's up to old Brad to decide what's right and wrong, he's going to lean to himself every time. Because I like me. I like what I want. I like to be in the center of all that stuff. But if I let the word of God be the umpire, I'm going to live a life more worthy of the calling that I had received. It says, let it dwell. The word there means to live permanently, to reside in extreme extravagance in your, in your spirit. That's the way God's telling you. Listen, <clears throat> are you allowing the word of God to live in you permanently in extreme extravagance? I'm not even sure what that looks like, but I don't think it's probably what I'm doing most of the time. God says this is supposed to be occupying my mind to the extent where it covers me over all other considerations and all other thoughts. What about without the belt of truth? What about your faith? You can't pull the fiery darts and flaming arrows of the untruths of an enemy when your shield is dry and brittle. We're going to talk about that shield. The shield was made of horsehide. It was soaked in water overnight before the soldiers would go into battle because when the enemy would shoot those flaming arrows at them, if it struck a dry shield, it would erupt in flames and they would have massive chaos on their front lines. But if that was soaked for us in the word of truth, when we get those fiery darts thrown at us, they're going to hit that, they're going to hit that and it's, they're going to be extinguished. And that's what, but if you're, not in the, if you're not wearing the belt of truth, if you don't understand that, if you haven't studied that, if you haven't learned that, then the enemy has a field day with you as he comes at you. And what about the sword of the Spirit? You don't got that belt on, that scabbard in there where the sword resides? When you, when you, you, you know, if you haven't spent the time here to learn and to understand the Word of God all that you can, if you haven't memorized Scripture, in that moment in which the enemy attacks... We can, we can say, oh, Lord, I need a word from you. Well, heck, Lord says, if you had spent a little time with me before, you'd have that right now. Now, he may not say that to you quite that way, but I'm just telling you, it's the truth, right? I want to be able to reach and grab the ream of the quickened word of God. I want to have the Holy Spirit give me what I need in that moment. But if I, have, if I don't have not my, my belt on, if I have not spent time with God, if I have not been learning all along the way, all along the journey, then I can reach and have nothing. And then the lance of prayer, the most forward weapon of all that we have, prayer. We are commanded to pray without ceasing. It's the primary communication tool with our commander-in-chief. But if those prayers are not connected to the Word of God, if we're praying wrongly, which we certainly can do, if we're praying with wrong motive, those prayers, when we're not in communion with God, will not be heard. But when we are, church, when we are, James 5.16 tells us that the prayers of a righteous person is powerful, and effective prayer is not the belt of truth praise and worship are not the belt of truth community and fellowship in God's church is not the belt of truth this and this alone 
is the belt of truth and it's interesting when you take it to its full extent and you look at that roman soldier with all that equipment one of the reasons the loin belt was so uh, important is was it protected uh, the loins it it was trying the, the soldier was trying to protect his ability at some point in time to be able to reproduce without us taking on the belt of truth we will reproduce nothing spiritually in our lives think about that for all of us who would say to ourselves i want to be a witness for jesus christ i love my salvation and i want to share with somebody about that if i'm not wearing my belt if i don't understand the very things that god given to me in that salvation how can i possibly effectively reproduce in the kingdom of god outside of the word of god we produce nothing the first peter wrote chapter 1 verse 23 for you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of god listen i have been so blessed and so privileged in my life and ministry to sit with someone when they have accepted jesus christ there is nothing that is more thrilling to see that happen and to know that that person's eternity is changed forever i mean forever nothing else that they ever do is going to matter as much as that and i know i'm not talking about cheap decisions and cheap salvation we fully understand when we know and understand and believe that jesus christ died for us on the cross of calvary when jesus christ shed all of his glory came to this earth in the first place and then he hung on that cross and died that horrible physical death that we see in the passion of the christ that's just a piece of it the bigger piece is that on that day he took on all of my sin and yours for all eternity amen that we would be able to rise up today and walk in here knowing that we're going to spend all eternity with jesus christ because of what he did and who he is and we simply chose to believe it amen that's the belt of truth that we strap on without the word your battle is lost before it even begins you forfeit your victory again in psalms 119 all about following the word of god and the centrality of the word of god in our lives how can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word i seek you with all my heart do not let me stray from your commands is that your prayer this morning is that your prayer when you rise up i seek you with all my heart do not let me stray from your commands i have hidden your word in my heart that i might not sin against you praise be to you lord teach me your decrees with my lips i recount all the laws that come from your mouth with my lips that means i'm sitting here and i'm studying and i'm i'm learning how to speak god's word to myself and to others i rejoice in following your statutes oh man do you <laughs> do we really rejoice in following god's laws because sometimes in our humanness it's about the last thing that we want to do really i mean the world is a pleasurable place amen this world and satan's done this masterful job of trying to convince us all of what we need what we like and all of these epicurean delights of the world and everything and you know we want that i rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches i meditate on your precepts and consider your ways i delight in your decrees i will not neglect your word your life is tied to this word this belt of truth every other piece of the armor of god hangs on the belt listen we're going to talk about all these other pieces and they're going to be wonderful to look at they're going to be joyous they're going to be glorious to see and they are they're magnificent when you start hearing i can't wait for when lyle teaches you on these shoes of peace which we all have a bit of a wrong thinking about but i implore you 
to use the apostle's word, I beseech you. I'm literally begging you not to forget to put on the belt of truth, to understand its significance in your life and the critical role that God's word plays in every aspect of your spiritual and daily living. When I was with, on the phone with Nick last night, and I can imagine he's leading this group of people and uh, they're down there at one of the most wonderful things if you've ever been and you go to go and see Masada above the Dead Sea is an incredible thing to see and they were enjoying seeing in person things you and I read about in the Word of God and then they wake up to the chaos that happens and what would your reaction be? Put yourself there for a moment. We had a hint of it, as Pastor Rick said on 9-11. And yet even out here in the Midwest, we watched. We weren't nearly as affected. Now across the world, as the rockets fall and the people are dying, we watch on our TV. And God help us if we treat that so much as a video game where we're watching things happen and not understanding the reality of what the devil is trying to do he's been trying to thwart the plans of god since he was cast down he tried every way that he could to get rid of jesus herod killing those babies with nothing more than a design by our enemy to try and thwart jesus christ going to that cross he tried to have him killed over and over again during his life because he stands against the things of God and if we don't know who we are and if we don't understand God's plan for all of us we're vulnerable and I do not want us to be a vulnerable church remember last week when I quoted Eugene Peterson from the message where he said this is not we all watched football yesterday i've already caught it from keaton fish this morning because the longhorns lost no nah, no nah. well there's a special place in hell reserved for some people now i don't know how that works but i'm just telling you I just, I'm, I'm just saying and rusty's not here pastor rusty's the one you need to be doing that with all right but that was one of those afternoon athletic contests. Keaton and I would have gone on our bad business today no matter who won that ball game. But this is no afternoon athletic contest from which we walk away in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. This is a matter of life and death. I, I need us to understand that. Spiritually, he's coming at us. So we need to have our belt securely around us because everything else in our spiritual journey hinges on that everything hinges on that so as we prepare for battle let's go to this first and let everything else follow would you pray with me lord we just thank you for your day we thank you for your word lord we pray that lord that you would you would speak to us this morning uh, that we would hear clearly that you have a plan and a purpose for every life in this room and it's not about the job that we go to it's not about the the things that we would do rather lord that it is about a life and a relationship an understanding of who we are in christ jesus let us 
put on the full armor, Lord, and be prepared in that way, we can enjoy our salvation, live out our faith, see each other in the light of righteousness in which you see us, Lord. Thank you so much for the gift of your word. Watch over us, we pray, and be with all of those in Israel today, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.